Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Conscious Queens podcast. We have our very first official guest today, and that is the amazing Stephanie. So Steph is actually a friend of mine. We met through mutually in kinesiology. We didn't actually study together, but I think Steph, you studied in like the year or the second year after me during COVID, which made it 10 times harder with all of that. But I'm so excited to have you on because we're going to be talking all about our journey or not my journey, but your journey from maiden (laughs) to motherhood and how that has just transformed your life in so many ways and just been such a common thread and a theme for you in actually leading you onto this path of your dharma but also in how you are helping people going through the same thing so Steph I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience today hello everyone thank you so much for having me I'm so so excited um so my name is Steph Allsop um you may know me or you may know me in future under the name Awaken Sage I am a mama um I am a wife to a beautiful husband and yeah I do kinesiology mind body medicine reiki and tarot and I blend it all together so yeah there's so much goodness there Yes, I love that. So I want to kind of start with your story, which is so amazing of how you actually, you were a teacher and then you transitioned into kinesiology. And how did that process begin? Because for so many people, it's like kinesiology is so niche. Um, Teaching is like the complete opposite. Like what got you onto this path to begin with? So funnily enough, I was actually a designer before I even got into teaching. So I studied graphic design. I worked as a graphic designer in Melbourne at a studio. And I had always had a huge pull to children and teenagers. I just, I love their energy. I connect with them so deeply. So like nieces and nephews, cousins, I just, I love what they're about. And I love their honesty. I love their passion. They just, they're just the best. So. I applied thinking I would never get into the course and got in, went full steam ahead into teaching and worked as a teacher at a secondary all-girls school um, in Geelong and worked there for about seven years. So absolutely loved it. It was incredible. And I absolutely adored my time there with the students. Being in the classroom is just I know so many people say to me, how can you be, you know, a secondary teacher? It would be so hard. Everyone says that all the time. But honestly, it's just, I know this sounds a little bit cliche, but you learn so much from them. So me coming in with experience, you learn so much from them. So I would teach them stuff, but then they would teach me so much more. So it was a very incredible experience. I absolutely loved my time there. But during teaching, I, as Katie knows, I was starting to think about becoming pregnant. So trying to conceive and before we went any, like any, like into any preparations, we really just wanted to get a full blood workup and just see how we were going before we start, because I just wanted to be in the best health possible. So me and my hubby, we went to the doctor, we talked to them about it, got a full blood workup, and 
My husband's was great, incredible. Mine was pretty good, except, and this is the first time I knew about this, um, so my antibodies were really quite high, which for those of you that don't know means that there was quite a bit of inflammation in my body. So the doctor told me that I was on my way to getting thyroid disease and it's actually in my family. So there's quite a few women in my family that actually have it. And I think that really woke me up because I've always been so healthy. I've always eaten really well, exercised, done everything I could. And I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. So we press pause on preparing or um, trying to conceive. And I really just deep dived into my own healing. So this is where I started looking at um, some other avenues other than the GP. So I went and did Reiki. I did kinesiology, as in I actually went to a kinesiologist and had sessions done and did a whole lot of holistic stuff. So saw my acupuncturist. Um, who else did I see? I saw a whole range of people and, yeah, just got down to what was happening in my body and the mind-body connection for me. They did a hell of a lot of healing. And then in teaching, I started getting this niggling feeling of what if I could get into this world? What if I could give I love what that. So, yeah, so many people have given to me to other people and share what I've experienced. So my journey was quite a few years long and I, yeah, just had this thought in the back of my mind and I just started exploring without telling anyone. I just went on a bit of a um, kind of like an adventure on Google and was just looking up courses and things that I could do and then found the course that we have done. So that's kind of how it's started in kinesiology and then yeah during the course we um like we obviously got balances every single week which was incredible and so incredibly healing that was my favorite oh, yeah it's just, it's you're like so a, balanced it's so incredible uh, incredible and it really makes you look at yourself like i know you're training to be a practitioner but at the end of the day, you need to heal your own stuff. You need to look within, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had to, I had to really, again, um, dive really deep into what was going on with me. What were some of my beliefs? What were some of my blockages? What some of the trauma I've had um, since I was little, and really focus on that. And it was a really huge um, couple of years, and. Through that, I actually started to open up so much more and really dive into more of my feminine. And then during the course, I actually conceived my son. So, yeah, so wild journey, wild journey. That is so amazing. I just love how synchronistic 
everything was and leading up to that and even this whole journey of like you know motherhood people always talk about how do I prevent pregnancy like birth control and stuff and then when we actually talk about conceiving like there's people don't know like everything that goes into actually like no you don't just wake up and start trying but it's like doing the test energetic work and and that preparation and I love how you realized that there was that whole journey there and through actually kinesiology did you um shift the the levels of the antibodies um, prior to conceiving, like, were you able to test that again? Most definitely. So I think with so much stress um, before teaching and into teaching, because if there's any teachers listening here or people that know teachers, you know that you're under a huge amount of stress, a huge amount of pressure all the time. It's just go, go, go. Um, so a lot of mine was stress that was that was really, really built up. So with all the balances, with all um, the deep healing I was doing, I had to get retested quite often. So I think it was every three to six months I would need to get retested and it would slowly just dip down. So, yeah, it got to a point where going back to my GP who said I wouldn't be able to actually reverse it, she's like, oh. (laughs) He said that. Yeah, and she said, she said, oh, you know oh what, God. we'll just have to wait until it gets high enough that it affects your thyroid and then you'll just have to go on medication. And I was like, oh, like that is just not happening. That is not happening. And anyone that knows me knows I am the most determined person. Um, so, yeah, my energetic, uh, my energetic, sorry, my antibodies started dropping and my GP was like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I did a lot of stuff with diet. I did a lot of ener- a huge amount of energetic work. And, yeah, it got to a point where, um, and I know not everyone's journey is like this, but for us, when we started really trying to conceive, it didn't actually take that long. I felt like once we started, yeah, it was just a few months for us. Um, and then, yeah, I was pregnant. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like honestly, conceiving during a course like kinesiology is just like the best time. Because as you said, we get like two to three balances per week because we're practicing on each other, doing like the clinic. And there was also another um, girl in our class who also got pregnant during the course and it was like so quick. And we would do balances and she like didn't tell us obviously like in the first few weeks. And I remember there was a balance of like, someone was like, oh, for some reason, it's like your belly just wants heaps of crystals on it. Like, And she put like all these crystals on her belly because it was a baby. But she couldn't say that. And then after she told us, so we were all like contributing to just the health of and the energetics of like the growing baby, not knowing. So surely like you went through that similar experience, which is so beautiful. And of course, like when you do all this energetic work, you're like fertile as fuck. You're just like so clear, (laughs) like things just happen so quickly you know what I mean and so that's the Mm -hmm. thing of like understanding like when you're doing this work like energetically and physically everything's just so much in alignment um and even now I'm like oh like I I don't even feel probably as balanced now as I did back then getting that Mm -hmm. many sessions I still Mm -hmm. get a session once every two weeks but (laughs) two a week man you're like zen so leading up to all of that I want to kind of um know what were some of the things that you feel like you did to prepare 
for conceiving? Like what would you recommend to other women, not just physically, but like energetically that you think had the most impact to help you conceive um, a healthy baby? That's a great question. I haven't actually thought about that deeply, but I think for me, a lot of my stuff was really, really acknowledging what was kind of happening in my life at the time. So I was very much hugely in my masculine. And I know we have, you know, we have mm. we have that duality, that polarity. Um, but I was very much in my masculine, being in design and being in teaching because it's just do, 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 go, go, go all the time. Um, so energetically really connecting to that feminine was huge for me. And during uh, during that study, during being at college, um, I remember me and another student we were just like, right, we're going to get into our feminine. We have to do this. This is like. It's so we're funny. So we're going to get into our feminine. We're going to get into our feminine. I know, right? It's like the and, everyone, and the funniest thing is everyone would say that to us because it's like, <laughs> you need to settle down and soften. Right? Yeah. So. The determination so, to get into our feminine. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly right. And then through the year. It's like I softened and I softened mm. and I softened and I softened. And it was, for me, it was all about surrendering. Yeah. Surrendering like and having trust. That was huge for me. Huge. Yeah. Because you don't so, force your way into the feminine. It's no. like you surrender into the feminine. Because I was the same. I'm like, but I'm doing all the feminine things. <laughs> I'm meditating. I'm doing yoga. And my teacher was I'm like, doing, yeah, doing. you're doing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not being and doing the feminine. But it's so funny because I feel like so many women. It's almost like you have to start with that to then. Yeah, I think it's like a really nice mm-hmm. kind of journey. And the funniest thing is, me and another woman got um, both actually conceived during the course. So there was two of us that were pregnant oh, a couple I of months that. apart. So many kinesiology babies. So many. And we, we actually say all the time our kin babies because he was getting balances. My little bub was getting balances with me. Yeah. Um, and my lecturer knew. She knew straight away. She was like, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> um, yeah, you can tell, like, energetically yeah, for sure. totally. But, yeah, I think the softening and the surrendering, and I remember actually specifically one, one balance, one session that I had um with another student and the teacher was actually the lecturer was actually present and it was about my relationship with my husband and it was really all about surrendering and getting that support from him and allowing that support and receiving that support and just like melting into that and for me that is so hard like my whole life I've been very much like I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. I'm, you know, it's always independent woman vibe, totally independent woman. And this was so foreign for me, but something clicked. And I remember just falling to pieces. And I know that that was a turning point for me. Like something just flicked in my head. And it was like trusting that he's got me, that he has my back and that he can lead and I'm, I'm safe in that, whereas I've, I've never allowed myself to go there before. And then it was different. Our relationship was different. Like it deepened instantly and it was incredible. And then oh, you know, yeah. us spending that beautiful quality time together 
just day to day. And then I think it was about six months later or five months later, we actually started trying and yeah, Mm. there you go. But yeah, the surrender, the trust and the letting go, huge for me. I love that. I have so much to say on this because one big thing people don't realize, like to be in your feminine, right? It means you need to trust the masculine. Like, yes, trust the masculine yourself, but how is your relationship with men, your boyfriend, your husband, your partner, other men in your life? If you can't trust men, if you can't allow men to provide for you and initiate and lead and all of that, then you can't, you're not actually in your feminine, right? And so it's allowing men to actually have that role in your life where I can just surrender and I can just be that like, mm, that like yummy deliciousness around men and I'm very much the same it's like in my business yeah I'm showing up as like more queen energy stronger energy mm-hmm. but in like relationships with men I am just like I don't do anything like <laughs> men open the door they provide they do this do that and then it's like also understanding as you said surrendering to a man doesn't mean giving up your independence no, or your strength it actually makes you stronger as a woman right so you can be a badass business owner and also allow your man to leave. And that's also sexier because it's like you get to like have this different dynamic, right? Of like, I get to show up differently in business and in my relationship. It's a so priority. another thing I wanted to point on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that also creates more passion. Like totally. if you're not having polarity, if you're not in your feminine, he's not in his masculine, it's like there's you're going to not let it go along well because there's no polarity there. So obviously there's going to be issues with the relationship. So that's mm-hmm. also why you healed that too and um yeah that's why i'm also so passionate as you're talking about like healing the feminine because that's one thing like obviously i haven't gone through that like fertility journey of like conceiving all that so i don't fully know but when i look at fertility and hormones and your cycle it's like straight away the energetics is the feminine like the womb is the feminine if you don't feel safe in your feminine you can't conceive and so many women say well i don't need to worry about that because i don't want to conceive until five, 10 years later, but it's like, if your womb isn't healthy now, if you're not fertile now, there's an energetic imbalance that you need to clear. Don't wait until you want to conceive to actually clear that. Being in your feminine now is going to help you up all the way up until that journey. So that's why I'm so passionate about periods and fertility. Like, yeah, even if you're not wanting to conceive right now, you should still care about your fertility because fertility equals health. You know, fertility equals your femininity and if you're having period issues it's like yeah your feminine is imbalanced so actually caring about that whether or not you plan to conceive soon or not i think is so deeply important and it's always going to show you where there's an imbalance there so i want to now talk about yeah like your kind of story of conceiving because i know it was not just like, oh, a decision and like there were actually energetic components. You're getting signs and signals and all of that. So I kind of want you to share about just all the, those goosebumps moments that you've shared with me before. I love that we talk about this when we're together. I think our last catch up was like two and a half hours and it just went like that because we're just yeah. like, <laughs> um, so yeah, some really amazing uh, stuff was happening. So before so during this time of really healing, healing myself, and I continue to do this and we'll do this lifelong, right? Um, but during that period, I went to a Reiki healer in Geelong. Um, she's incredible. And I remember her saying specifically, I don't remember a lot of what happened because it was so many years ago, 
But I remember her saying that there was a baby waiting. So there, there was a spirit waiting for whenever I'm ready. So that was a huge thing for me because I think as women, especially when we naturally get that little bit older, I'm, I'm now 35. So this was probably when I was early 30s. Um, I was already thinking, you know, when am I going to start, you know, trying to have a family and all of that kind of stuff. That gave me so much, I think, it just, it just gave, there was so much relief. It gave me so much mm. trust. Like I was able to trust the whole process and just go, everything's going to be okay. So there was that. And then while we were actually trying, I remember connecting. I, I very much connect to my guides and my ancestors. Um, so during 2020 in December, my grandfather um, unfortunately passed away and that was a really big thing for our family, huge, a very big loss for us. And I remember connecting with him in December and connecting with my guides and I actually had some of our family friends, so I, I was able to visually see this in my mind's eye, and I asked them, I'm like, I just need a little bit of reassurance Um when you know when is this going to happen because I I think I I got caught up in oh my god when's it going to happen you know a little bit there was a little bit of time there the time. I was caught up and um they just said to me it'll come your baby will come when it's the perfect time so they're just like just hold on just wait like your baby's coming and then I think everything just left any fear, any worries, it just all went. And I was like, okay, I just need to get back into that trust, get back into that feminine, because we do. We sway in and out of a little bit of fear and then we kind of trust. Um, but that was huge for me. That was really, really big. And then when when we actually fell pregnant and before I tested, um, I, I did the pregnancy test, I actually knew I was already pregnant. I knew instantly um because I so in tune with your yeah, body so in tune with my body because I had spent so many years really healing my mind and my body so I knew instantly and I remember you know going into a meditation I offered myself Reiki again connected with my guides and my grandfather and it was just all that reassurance was there I just knew I just knew it was there and I was able to actually connect with I was actually able to connect with my son um, while he was, you know, just busy growing. And then I took the pregnancy test and obviously the rest is history. But, yeah, very much connected to him throughout the whole pregnancy, very much connected to my guides and my grandfather. And my grandfather was with me the whole time. And funnily enough, he was actually partly named after my grandfather um, who so beautifully helped me, help, help brought him in, um, bring him into my body. And, um, and then Louis, my son, actually picked his name. So we had a few names um, connected with him and I thought, wouldn't it be fun? Me and my hubby were in bed one night and I was like, all right, put my hands on my belly. And I'm like, okay, we've got a few names, Bob. What do you think? And as soon as we said the name Louis, he gave an almighty kick, like a huge kick. And I was like, okay, done. <laughs> so, yeah, that was his name. So we didn't have any, yeah, 
any kind of suggestions of anything else. We didn't have another thought. We just knew he was going to be Louis. Yeah, I love cool. that. Just the energetics around that. And as you said, like even being feminine in the timing of the conception, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that control is the masculine. When is it going to happen? It has to happen now. Like that is, it's not the surrender of like, no, it's going to happen at the perfect time and the perfect moment. And also the, it's a collaboration really between like you, your husband and the soul that's like coming through all needing to be in alignment. And so what would you say to women who are in that stage where they're like having some of that fear or worry? Like I've heard as well, many people, you can actually connect and speak to your soul, to your soul, the baby's soul um, prior to conception and all of that. Like personally, I haven't done that. I'm kind of like scared that it's going (laughs) to bring the baby closer. Apparently it doesn't, but like, is that something that you think um, you would recommend to people? Like what else to like alleviate that fear? Yeah, I think, oh, there's so many things. There's so many things that you can do. I think definitely, you know, if you are able to connect to your guides, I think signs are a really beautiful thing. Um, I know I talk about them quite a bit, even on my Instagram. So connect with your guides, practice now, even like I have so many clients who are mums, but also women who are just prior to you know, motherhood, and they're wanting to heal themselves before they get to uh, motherhood. So Mm. I always say to them, really connect with your guides, really connect with the universe and ask for signs. Start that communication now so that way you're able to actually connect with your love if you're able to and you're able to connect with the guides, your guides, or any ancestors, angels, whatever, whoever you want to connect with because I think that they're, for me, it gave me so much. I just think it, it deepened my faith and it deepened my trust because I felt like, you know how sometimes not being in control is a really beautiful thing? Like people think, oh, being in control, I need to be in control. But for me, it was the fact that I'm actually not in control, so I don't have anything to worry about. I'll just leave it to you know that it's like it's a universe responsibility (laughs) exactly so I can do my part but then I can just let it go so that way I'm not in my head so I think definitely connecting getting signs but still still connecting to yourself I think and your intuition is really really key so not always outsourcing it but really connecting deeply to yourself and knowing when it's right um, and, and everything that comes along with it. I think, I think that's really important. Yeah. So beautiful. I love that. And it's like how it's such an energetic journey really that people don't Usually. realize there's so many different factors that come in. People just think like the physical, but it's like, yeah. you know, we have all these fears, like going through that such a big change. It's like making sure you have done the healing, you have the energetic mm-hmm. support. And another question I wanted to ask is like during the pregnancy, is there anything related to energetics obviously you're getting like all the kinesiology and all the healing yeah. but um what else like really helped you during that time of like preparing to actually like cross the the border or that that next mm-hmm. stage into um motherhood and birth so yeah for me the pregnancy my pregnancy was and again I know not everyone experiences this but my pregnancy was so beautiful I really loved it 
um, there was stuff that came up for me. So I had, um, I just crossed, crossed the threshold into gestational diabetes. So I took that as a sign. Okay. My, pre- my pregnancy is going to be super healthy. I need to be really honored and make sure I'm exercising, make sure I'm eating really well. So I became really in tune with my body and really in tune with my intuition. That was a huge thing for me. So I think that's where my journey into, so from maiden into motherhood really just really ramped up because there's so many things that you can do. So, you know, even just with like birthing plans, um, where you want to go. So whether it's hospital home birth, do you want to do hypnobirthing? Are you going to potentially use medication? Anything. There's so many different things that you need to think about when you're pregnant. So my philosophy was always, what feels right for us? And I constantly connected in with my husband. We were always talking about things. How does this feel? He was very much like, listen to your body. Um, and I did that quite a bit. And even, and again, this might sound really woo-woo, but I love this. It's, you know, connecting Nothing's with... too woo for this podcast. I love that. So... <laughs> I think, you know, connecting connecting with my son and going, okay, what do we want? What do we want? Yeah, so, it's like you're a team. Totally, totally. And I I knew very much that I really wanted to go down the hypnobirthing um, route and I loved that. I absolutely loved that and it felt so right for me. It really prepared my husband um, because you know you watch Hollywood movies, you watch all these things, and it looks like oh my gosh, people are screaming and there's chaos. But honestly, <laughs> like being in the labour suite because we we went to a private hospital, um, so connecting with my baby and meditating through the whole thing, it was the most peaceful. It was the most peaceful intro into labour. It was incredible. It was really, really incredible. So, yeah, my philosophy is always trust your intuition hugely. If something doesn't feel right, ask questions, make sure you and your partner are feeling really good about it, and then go from there. Always ask questions and make sure you're comfortable, most definitely. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I want to touch more on the birth because that's like a huge portal. Like I, you know, there's so much of that um, just brainwashing of it's painful, it's bad. It's like you should fear it, but it's it's a literal portal. Like you're going through a vortex, you're a portal, you're a birthing portal for a soul to like come into earth. Like it's so incredible. And yes, there's a lot of energy there that is required to actually bring a soul onto earth so that's why it can be very intense but as you said you called it a meditative experience and that's something that i do believe what we get exposed to becomes our our narrative and it's like i don't subscribe to painful horrible horror movie births because Mm -hmm. that's not the reality that i believe i want to be available for either and so like finding that evidence when there are so many beautiful positive birth stories um there as well so like what was that like portal like for you like the energy of that um and it and crossing that threshold but it's not an immediate shift from maiden Mm -hmm. to motherhood in that moment right and i just want you to yeah share more about that so yeah, I think I think you can never fully prepare for it. I think that's the best way to kind of explain it. And it's it's almost like, a, again, a surrendering and going, 
okay, I've got all the knowledge, I know my body, I trust my intuition, my partner knows what is really important for me and I think that's really important too. And then you just have to kind of go in and surrender to it. And I remember my my big sister said to me, when you go in and you have you start having contractions, just remember just just be really present and take it one contraction at a time. Don't look too far forward. Just breathe and really focus. And I think that's like hypnobirthing really kind of reiterated that for me. Um, so yeah, I cannot I cannot recommend hypnobirthing enough. Um, but during during the labour, we I was in there. I had to actually be induced because of my gestational diabetes. So just to keep everything really safe. And I, I felt like it was the right thing as well. So went in there and when we hit, I think, I think it was about the nine hour mark, my obstetrician came in and did the exam and she's like, okay, we've got a chat. I know, you know, a natural birth is really, really important to you. But she goes, I don't think it's going to happen because it's an obstruction. And I was like, okay, so what do we do? What are our options here? And for us, we needed to have an emergency Caesar. So it was the whole thing, the whole planning, everything I had imagined was totally flipped. And in that moment, I remember looking at Sam and going, we just need to do this because I need Louis to be you know, coming into the world in a really beautiful, calm way. I don't want him to be in distress. I don't want to be in distress. And we were both really good at that time. So I was like, okay, let's do it. It feels right for us. So everything flipped and I went into complete shock. So my body was shaking and, um, yeah, it was it was that very... from the actual, like, procedure? Yeah. Or and... from, like, the change of plans I think it was from definitely from the change of plans and from the procedure and like obviously the medication you have to take for that so I was just I I kind of had a feeling before we went into labor I was like I think I need to prepare myself mentally for a Caesar just in case Mm -hmm. so I'm really glad I did and yeah we went in surrender a Mm theme exactly and it went beautifully. The whole procedure went really, really well. And then we got our little bub and it was the most incredible, oh, I just can't explain. All the mamas out there listening, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's an experience that you can't compare anything to it. It's unbelievable. And, yeah, so my journey into motherhood was you know, during the pregnancy, it was bliss. It was amazing. And then we went through this. And because I was in such tra- uh, shock, sorry, from the trauma, the, just the birth trauma, it took me a while to step comfortably into that that archetype of mother from maiden. So I think afterwards I had a lot of healing that I really needed to do and quite a few people, beautiful people that I knew were like, okay, we can offer you healing, let us help. So I really took that on and and I was all about receiving. I went into full, full blown receivership. I was just like, okay, what's going to help me? What's going to help Bob? What's going to help my hubby? Let's just work as a team and 
receive. And I did a lot of healing with that birth trauma and it was incredible. It was so powerful. And yeah, it, it took, a, it, it probably took, I think about probably six months, five or six months where I actually started to feel like me, but not like me in that there was a transition. I was me, but the new me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like women are like, well, I can't wait to get back to my old self pre-birth or pre-pregnancy. That self is gone. Like you're not trying to get back to her. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the death of that, which is beautiful because now you're stepping Mm -hmm. into an even more elevated version of you. You can't compare that version of you one year ago, which is so beautiful. And so like releasing that expectation, realizing it's actually better like what you're moving into, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be better. And so as you talked about, like there's the maiden and the mother archetypes, yes. I want you to kind of yeah share with the audience more about these energies and how they relate to us in our life. Yeah, I love, I love these archetypes. So these are, they're known as the triple goddess archetypes. So there's obviously the maiden, there's the mother, and then there's the crone. And in being in your divine feminine, you really do need to go through all and accept all of them. So it's it's not it's it's not the mentality of oh I only want to stay in my maiden um, because that then becomes mm. the wound, wounded maiden. Um, so it's really about stepping into each of these. But the maiden, the maiden is all about. It, it's usually obviously the youthful um, stage of your life. It's all about you know innocence, curiosity. It's all about, you know, building that independence from your parents, your guardians. And it's really about vulnerability as well and adventure. So her role is all about really thinking about where she wants to be and where she wants to go. So it's really about making those plans, I guess, as you would say, to, to kind of build on for, for later in life. Mm-hmm. So the thing about the maiden as well, there's a shadow side. So with yes, the shadow. I was going to say that, like oh. I also want to talk about like the wound, the shadow, the wounded side yes. of like when you're too much in the maiden and like mm-hmm. you become that like damsel in distress and yes. relying on like people you know, to save you and like that can most definitely yeah, that can show up in business even as well like you're not in your power if you're like in exactly. that like baby shadow maiden as exactly well. and yeah it, it comes up as like a people pleaser really not being authentic really huge really really huge and the wounded mm-hmm. mate wounded maiden is usually seen where we can even see that when women are in motherhood or even later when they're actually trying they're so focused on the exterior of beauty instead of looking inside mm-hmm. so it's about Huge. i want to try on social i want to stay young yeah not accepting your age and with that your wisdom which is so, that's where the power lies that's where the power lies so yeah. Yeah, and, and we do. We see we see women in motherhood still really grasping onto that that youthfulness, which is okay. But it does it does very much fit that wounded maiden. Um, but the mother archetype is obviously the word mother comes up, so you automatically think once you're a mother, you're in the mother archetype. You're in that motherhood stage, 
Um, and for most people it is, but it can even be before that. So for me, I definitely felt like wow. I was coming into the mother archetype before I was pregnant because the yeah. mother. Or- well, you were teaching with all mm-hmm. the children and that exactly. is even like mothering type of energy. Definitely. And it's all about, you know, nourishing, nurturing, caring for others, but it's also about, again, building upon that authenticity of self and really Mm. actualizing your dreams and desires. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm not that young, that young woman anymore that has all the dreams. I'm actually living them out and going after what I want and really (sighs) acknowledging my needs, which is what I was doing while I was healing. But I didn't even realize it. Now looking back, I can tell that. Um, But during that time, I didn't, I didn't yet realize I was in that archetype for sure. Yeah. So I have a question regarding that. So like, as you said, it's an energetic journey that you have to actually initiate yourself. It's not like you go through the birth portal and it's like, you're a mother now. So what would you say to people? I've got two questions. What would you say to people who are preparing for motherhood? How can they step deeper into motherhood? prior to birth but also how can you step into motherhood if maybe you don't have children or you're not planning on having children how can you still embody that okay perfect so for the first question I think and this is what I help women with so much in clinic it's about listening to self so yes you can do that by caring for others by nurturing others so you might have you know nieces and nephews you might have you know, beautiful babies around you that you can surround yourself with. That's one, that's one way. Uh, For me, it was very much teaching, Um, but it's also about you. So your relationship with you and something that I actually read really recently, it's, it's actually a book um, made into mother and it's really powerful. It talks about being the mother that you needed when you were a child, but also being the mother to yourself yeah. that you need now, which is like mind blowing. Yeah, wow. Mind blowing. So it's about Yeah, so it's like that inner child reparenting, but also Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's about reparenting. It's about being that mother. So it's not about just caring for others. It's about caring for self and going, what do I need? What do I need right now? What does my mind and body need? And then that then just instantly gets you into the feminine. And then, you know, it's a, mm. it's a domino effect. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And then with the second yeah. with the second question. So, for people that because this is a question I often get if if I don't want ch- uh, children or if I'm unable to have children, do I not go through that stage? And it's really important to understand that all stages, all these archetypes are actually present within us so you don't have Mm. to have children to be in the mother archetype so as I was just saying it's about caring for yourself nurturing yourself and really going forward and going going after your dreams and desires but it's also about caring about others so whether it's your partner whether it's about you know your family you know other children anything like that or you might even be in a job where you are a carer or you are a teacher and you do connect with that energy as well. So it's not just about being a mother. Being a mother is is helpful in stepping into that for sure, definitely, because all of a sudden you have a being that is more important than anything. 
So um, that that definitely helps, but you definitely go into it even when you don't yourself have children, for sure. Yeah, I love that. And so then obviously we go into the crone and what I love is that it's all building upon that wisdom, that maturity. Mm -hmm. And and I I agree, like society glorifies the youthful maiden, like all that energy, but you know, it's so important to understand that we each have our role and especially for the maidens who's nurturing and and mentoring the maidens. Like it's the, it's the mothers and the crones that are providing that space. It's like in the tribal days would go to the elders, right? Cause they had the most wisdom. Like that's who you're going to actually receive that guidance from and understanding that that is such an important role in society to have the mothers and crones there. So, um, can you describe more of that crone archetype? Oh, I think when we hear the word crone, a lot of women will just go, oh, or, and I think it's because of <laughs> like an how, old witch or something. It's it's really funny, but I I feel like it's one of the most beautiful stages because as you were saying, it's about really developing that wisdom. You've gone through all of the experience of being in your maiden, being in your mother archetype. And now you're at a point where you're essentially the wise woman. So like you were saying, like in in the village, people come to you and it's your role to really teach the maiden and the mother. So if you think about it like this, it would be the grandmother teaching her daughter and then teaching her daughter. So the mother and the granddaughter. Mm -hmm. So it's really beautiful. Um, so the crone is so important, so, so important. And we usually see that that can just come in a, like of age, but it can also come when obviously our children, you know, leave the nest um, as they grow and as we have that natural letting go, that can come in um, quite a lot. So that energy can come in quite a lot then. But, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a Yeah, and is this something... Yeah. And like, is this something we can embody like while we're still in the maiden energy or like, how do we invite that in? Or do we kind of just like wait for that stage of life? Cause you kind of said that we inhabit all energies yeah. within us already. Definitely. So like I was saying, the divine feminine has, we, we have to go through all those stages and we can kind of come in and out of them. But I think it's, it's very much, you need that experience and that wisdom and connecting with your intuition to drop into the crone. So that's my understanding of mm. it. So you really do need to go through that. But I feel like the maiden to mother is one that you can kind of go in and out of. Um, but the crone, you definitely yeah. need that experience, I would say. That, that's my general feeling. Of yeah. That. Yeah, for sure. It's an embodied experience. And definitely. even, yeah, when you talk about like the maiden and the mother, I see that as you said, like going in and out because so many people, it's like mother and that's a whole identity. And that's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation of like, you're not just a mother, like, or, you know, when you have a weekend away or a date with your husband or, you know, without your baby, you can still then embody that like fun maiden energy and, and not having to be the mother 24 seven. So yeah, I absolutely love other archetypes. that. Yeah. You can go into other archetypes. Yeah, because well. there's other the ones lover, too. The lover, the queen, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, my it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So good. So definitely, um, I'm sure you have more resources on all of these archetypes that people can look at um, on your page. But I want to go back to your journey of yes. made into mother. Because as you said, it took like 
six plus months? Like what did that look like? And energetically, um, you know, what would you kind of tell other mothers who are also going on that journey? And it's like, I, I don't feel like I've crossed the threshold. I've given birth, I have a baby, but I don't feel like I'm fully embodied in that yet. Yeah, I think for me and my journey, I definitely, I think the trauma from birth really brought up a lot of fear for me. It was really unsettling and I I was deeply connected with Louis and I know some women don't feel like that um, at the beginning and, yeah, I, I was deeply connected with him but I just had so much fear I had so, so much fear and I know everyone's journey is different, but for me I was very much developing some postnatal anxiety because that fear was so present Um, and I was constantly thinking, you know, what if this happened, what if that happens? Um, So, yeah, the fear, I was very much in my mind and, and not so much in my body. But for me, and this is so like something I so recommend to new mums, make sure you build that community and you have really strong relationships around you, especially to other women, because I feel Mm. like having my two sisters who are both mums and I've got so many beautiful nieces and nephews, um, I felt like I would call them and I would be, you know, crying in the early days going, you know, I've had an hour and a half, um, hour and a half of sleep for the whole day. I am absolutely exhausted. What do I do? And just having their support, having their wisdom, having their knowledge was huge for me. And really reaching out and going, I think something's not quite right. And I know so many women experience experience postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety and a range of different things, but really speaking up and having a safe space or a safe relationship to bring that up because then I was able to kind of go, okay, I really need support and I really need to receive that and then go forward. And little bit by little bit, I felt like I was I was being more me and I felt like I was able to connect more. I was able to enjoy everything a little bit more. Like, yes, there's hard days, but I was able to be more in my body and be really present with my baby, which is it, it's so important. Um, so, yeah, having those relationships, whether it's mother's group, sisters, friends, reach out to people and don't be scared to tell people how you're feeling because chances are so many people go through it. There is someone else that has gone through it and knows how you feel. And, yeah, don't don't ever be scared of that, I would say. That's a huge thing, huge thing that helped me. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really like the village, right? That mm-hmm. we're missing in this modern day society. It's like it's just the parents at home with the bub and that's it. And they're expected to do everything when, you know, before we used to all, you know, all the mothers would help each other, would all look after our babies and that's kind of gone now. And so with the feminine, a crucial component of the feminine is that community, is that village feeling supported because mm-hmm. you don't have all the burden on yourself otherwise. So I think that's one thing. Yeah, if you want to stay in your feminine throughout that journey, it's like culture that community because when the feminine mm-hmm. is isolated and doesn't feel in connection with other women the the feminine's really going to struggle the feminine is yeah. made for that connection it's made for the intimacy whether that is obviously with partner but also very much with the the feminine and i love going to women's circles and oh, all of that right. and yeah as you said mother's circles 
So good. So yeah. good. And I was, so I was very the last thing I kind oh, of sorry. To- sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, no was, go on, go on. I was, so was going to ask was, you that, the last question. No, all good. I was just going to say I was very lucky having um, a lot of a lot of amazing mums around me. So I think, yeah, that's that's a definite, mm-hmm. I would say. So really surround yourself, whether it's friends, family, um, whatever support you can get, it's really, really important, especially if you're a new mum, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. So lastly, I wanted to touch on starting a business the same time as having a baby, because <laughs> those are two huge life-changing things in your life. And already, you know, quitting your job and, and starting a business is massive, let alone adding a baby to the mix. And how is that? And I want you to kind of talk about, um, you know, your journey of being a business owner and a mother, because there's that whole conversation of like, yeah. how can I do both but in a really holistic sustainable way and still be in my feminine and still be a present mom um and all of that yeah so for me i think i finished i finished my course in june and i was about halfway through my pregnancy so i really focused on that second half of the pregnancy really resting a lot but also setting up some crucial areas for my business so that way knowing when I did have my baby and I came back that that was all kind of sorted and I could just be me show up and just grow and grow really sustainably and um, just take my time with that growth so I started in like in that June July uh, period and just focused on my website focused on uh, my Instagram and just got that up and kind of running and then had my beautiful baby in October. And then I decided to come back. I felt really pulled to come back in March the next year. So I had a few months off and then I just started showing up. So it was really slow in the beginning. And I just, when I felt called to do it and when I felt like, oh, I really want to do this, it's really fun. Or I'm really excited to share something, that's when I would show up in the early days. So I made myself a promise in those early days not to put too much pressure on myself and to really come at it from the energy of if I'm not loving it and I'm not enjoying it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. So that's kind of how I started. And that was obviously, yeah, March last year, so a year ago. So I've been kind of going at this for a year and I think the balance has definitely been, I'm not going to lie, it's challenging at times for sure. And I think with each new transition, each new period um, of Louis' growth and our growth as parents because we develop so much and we change as he gets older, I think we just need to constantly reevaluate and just look at each other and go, okay, what do we each need? because my husband has his own business as well. So we're both entrepreneurs and yeah, just really kind of go, all right, what is it that we need? And I have the most incredible mum ever. And she is the most supportive. She's just an angel, honestly. And I hope she listens to this. So she hears that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she was just like, look, how can I help? So, yeah, so she has now Louis one day a week and I have him now started back in daycare. So now that I've grown a little bit more, now that I'm like, okay, I want to, you know, do a few more programs and things like that, 
Um, we've got a little bit more help and support there. But it's really just listening to what I need at that time, what Louie needs, and how I can be present but also still be a business owner and be of service, which is so important for me. So it's just about balance and just coming back to that and going, okay, how can I come forward and be of service really? So, yeah, it's been, I, it's been tricky but good. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that. And, yeah, I don't believe that we can necessarily do it all at once, but we can have it all, but learn how to really like delegate certain things and just um, make everything really lean in the way that we are approaching life. And yeah, if you want to be a business owner and a mom, that is possible. You don't have to give up on your dreams. You don't have to choose one or the other, but it's just making those smart decisions and um, really seeing like what is crucial in your business and in your life. So this was amazing. Is there any last things that you want to share with the audience or anything about the journey from maiden to motherhood um, to anyone who might be going on this journey soon or is in the thick of it? I think, well, my advice would be, if I was to give advice, my advice would be to definitely focus on you before the journey. Well, as part of the journey, the start of the journey is to really focus on you getting to know you, getting to know yourself deeply. And I actually do this in a program I've actually got um, that's starting soon. It's called Unveil, um, where it's really about coming home to yourself, really recognizing your own needs and desires, and really focusing on taking action and going after them. And in this program, we I look at career, I look at motherhood, and I also look at love. But I work with so many mums. I work with so many women before motherhood um, that are really trying to hone in on how can I be the best mum I can be? How can I be the healthiest I can be in order to get pregnant? Um, and how can I be the best version of myself just in essence? So I think I think that program is a beautiful one if you're thinking about going into that journey or you are a mum and you feel like you've somewhat potentially lost your identity or you're feeling a bit stuck or you have dreams but you don't really know how to go forward and go after them. I think I see that so much in clinic as well. So that would be a beautiful program mm -hmm. um, for those people. But I think it's all about coming home to yourself and really learning what you need and who you are before you step into this, I would say. Yeah, yeah amazing. Your program sounds so good. Is that um, like a one-on-one -on -one private? Mm -hmm. Is it like a combination of like coaching and energetic kinesiology? Yeah, so it's an eight-week one-on-one course. So you're working with me the whole time. So in the eight weeks, we start with the intro call where we actually do a tarot reading as well because we want to get into the energetics and we want to get into the in, um, intuitive side of what is holding you back from being seen, what is holding you back from what you desire. And then we make a bit of a plan for the eight weeks. So 
every second week. So bi-weekly we have a session, so a one-and-a-half-hour session. This can be done online or in person if you're local. And then every other week in between those sessions we have a catch-up call where I give you journal prompts, embodiment practices, and it's all about you processing what we've gone through in session but also really digging deep into what could be a blockage, what are some of your limiting beliefs, how can you move forward, and it's just a real deep dive into some of the things I've actually gone through myself in order to get where I am, um, but in a, in hyperspeed, essentially. So, mm. it's, yeah, it's a really powerful program and there is, with the eight weeks, there is a week of mentoring that you can choose whenever you like. So if you see a week coming up that you think you might need a bit of support, there is that mentoring via Voxer. Um, and there is an option to have mentoring for the whole eight weeks as well. So, yeah, and that will be starting the week of the 10th of April. So, yeah, so excited about that. That will be great. I absolutely love that. And apart from that eight-week program, you also do one-on-one sessions both in person and online for anyone who wants to experience the magic of kinesiology. I have had a session or multiple sessions from um, Steph before, especially when I um, went through a traumatic event earlier this year. I'm like, I need to book in ASAP and I was in Europe and I hopped on a call with Steph just to clear everything, regulate my nervous system. I have to say it was absolutely game-changing and life-changing. So it is something that you offer as well to um, your clients. Yeah, definitely. So the one-on-ones, the sessions, like you said, can be done online or in person if you're in the Geelong, Melbourne area. Um, But I also offer tarot, intuitive tarot as well. So you're more than welcome to jump on my website or Instagram. Um, So my Instagram is Awaken Sage Wellbeing and jump on and check it out and you can book in anytime. Perfect. Well, I'll have all the details in the show notes below. Definitely check it out. Anyone who's wanting that support um, to work with Steph to experience kinesiology and even if you're not a mother, you can definitely um, receive the benefits because kinesiology really can be done energetically with whatever is coming up. So I recommend that. And just thank you so much, Steph, for coming on and sharing the vulnerability of your story and, um, you know, teaching the audience about maiden, mother, crone and the energetics. I feel like this definitely isn't talked about enough and it's such a crucial conversation that we need to be having. So I absolutely loved you, loved having you on here and I just absolutely love our conversations in person and on the podcast. Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved it and I think it's something, yeah, we're so passionate about and helping women is, you know, the most amazing thing. So Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. So beautiful. So I will see you all next time on the podcast. Bye, everyone.